Well, hello, and thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Minivan Moments Family Podcast. My name is Nick Calhoun, and I am your host. Wow, it's been a few weeks, uh, and I am so sorry for that. Uh, life is busy, and uh, and I'm just going to admit that, and most of you can amen to that, that life is chaotic, uh, things are happening all the time, and, and things just slip your mind, or Maybe they're on your mind, but you just don't have the time to get to them. And over the last few weeks, that has been the case for this podcast. But I've had a few people reach out to me this last week and said, hey, why haven't you been recording? We've been missing your episodes. And so it's prompted me to make sure I've got to get back in. I've got to get in front of the mic. I've got to open up God's word with you because I'm loving that families are using this podcast for what it was intended for, which is to create conversation, uh, to, to use this as a catalyst to talk to one another. That's our whole goal. Ten minutes or less, we want you to come together as a family, in the car, around the table, listen to this podcast, answer the questions that are prompted at the end, and begin to have open dialogue with one another because we really believe that when the family is communicating, the family is healthy and happy and thriving. And that's what we want. We want the family unit to be strong as God intended it to be. And so we're so thankful uh, that you guys have reached out to us and, and, and shared with us uh, just the ways that this podcast is helping. And so, uh, so nonetheless, we've been in the book of James. And I really hope that you've enjoyed so far the, the few times that we've been walking through James. It is, it is by far one of my favorite books. It really is. Uh, it's so practical. It's so helpful. And it's so easy to read and understand. But we have to keep things in context. We have to understand that James is writing to a group of early believers, a group of churches who are in the midst of, of great persecution. And when we read the words that he's written that were inspired by God, or this that were written by God inspiring him to write the things that he wrote to these churches in that moment, you have to see the backdrop of pain and agony and suffering. And it makes all the difference when you see things like count it joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Have no partiality among one another. And then when we get to a passage like we do in in chapter 2, verse 14 through 26. It it changes, changes gears a little bit. It changes pace a little bit. But nonetheless, you have to keep the backdrop the same. You have to remember the context and maybe why he's writing what he's writing at this specific time. But also understand that it's not just James' words for those churches in that time. It's still God's word for us today in 2020. And so in verse 14, he says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? And so he begins in this this dialogue, kind of this dialogue with himself, obviously with his his readers that are going to be receiving this letter, but he poses this question. If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? Now, you've got to notice one little bitty word. If someone says he has faith. Someone says he has faith. Not that someone does have faith, that they say they have 
faith. So what's he saying here? He's saying there's oftentimes this, this likelihood that people will say something, but their life does not match it. So what he's saying is some people are saying they have faith, but their life shows nothing about faith. There's no works accompanying their faith. And so it gets us to this question. He says, can that faith save him? And so what he's trying to answer is how is a person saved? How does a person really enter into a relationship with Jesus? How is a person redeemed from their sins? Is it by works or is it by faith? And so he begins in this conversation looking at this this comparison between faith and works. And a lot of people don't like the book of James. A lot of old reformers don't like the book of James because they feel as if it contradicts maybe some of things that, that Paul wrote in his letters. But I think what we see as you study James 2, verses 14 through 26, which I highly encourage you to go and read this section on your own. What I'm doing is I'm giving you an overview. But I think what we see from James is that they don't contradict, they complement. And they are saying the exact same thing, just in a different way. Because what he says is, some will say, you have faith and I have works. And he says, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. What James says is that faith and works, they go hand in hand. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That is the way in which a person is saved. So some of us operate in a theology where we believe we are saved by our works. And if you've been around uh, an evangelical church long enough, you maybe know I'm not supposed to say that that I'm I'm saved by grace, I'm saved by faith. However, we operate and we live our lives in such a way that that we operate under a works-based theology. You say, Nick, that's not me. Yes, it is. Why do you do the things you do? Why do you read the Bible? Is it because you want God to love you or is it because you're loved by God and you want to know him? Why do you feel the need to pray? Is it because you want to be pleased You want God to be pleased with you or because you want to have a conversation with your heavenly father? Why do you go to church? Is it to be seen so that everyone thinks everything's okay? Or is it to worship with fellow brothers and sisters in the faith? When you get caught in sin, are you convicted and and compelled to repent of your sin? Or are you condemned and are are you just upset that you got caught? So oftentimes, especially in our context, and I say our context, my context is Western Kentucky, Bible Belt, USA. This is one of the hardest places in all the world to minister because everyone is okay. Because everyone has been around this this terminology, faith, for most of their life. Now that's obviously changing with the, the cultural landscape changing as quickly as it is. But everybody knows about faith. However, we lean in on works. And I think we do this because when we work out our salvation on our own, when we work for our salvation, it gives us all the glory. And we like that. Same way that you go to work, you get a paycheck, it's your paycheck, you earned it. So if I've got some skin in the game here, if I'm doing something in my salvation, I've earned it. Here's the thing, you and I cannot earn our salvation. We are sinful to the core and there's nothing we can do that will save us. 
which is why we need faith, which is why Jesus came to do what we could not do. And then when we trust in Jesus, his righteousness is given to us and we are now redeemed. But the product, the product of one who has been truly saved by Jesus, who has truly put their faith in Jesus is a life of good works. Faith without works, as James says in this passage, is dead. Do not tell me you have faith in Jesus, but don't have works to back it up. Your faith is useless. It is vanity. And oftentimes, I think many of us are saying we have faith, yet we don't have works. What does your life look like? Are you a Christian who people, you proclaim to know Christ, but Monday through Saturday, your life looks completely opposite of that. If that's you, your faith is dead. This is, the, this is the word of God. This is the book of James. This is not Nick saying that. So you need to look inwardly as you're listening in. Is my faith alive? And if it is, is it being matched with good works? You're not saved by works, but you're saved for good works. Ephesians chapter 2. So for you in this time, here's the question that I want you to process inwardly, but also as a group or as a family. What do you believe about salvation? Are you saved by works or are you saved by faith? And if you're believing a theology of works, what's it going to take for you to repent and trust in the grace of God for salvation? That is your homework. That is your challenge. That is your question. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much.